Hello and welcome to episode 765 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, January 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. And Justin, have we got a special episode today? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastically. Uh, it's raining in here uh, over in California. Hey, same here. That's but cute. It's keeping the temperature down because I had to record a podcast the other day uh, in my office and it was like 32 degrees inside of my Gross. office. For the, like four hours, I recorded a bunch of podcasts. So. Absolutely disgusting, it vile. Was awful. So that. at least now it's only like fifty degrees. Which I okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, I think we're about there too. And I, I tell you, you know, I hate the cold weather. But what I actually hate more than anything, and I'm sure I've discussed this on the pod since I whine about cold weather all the time, is wind. Still, still weather. I'm fine with even even in the fifties and even the forties. If it's still, it's wind that is the, the nightmare. But uh, we are at a very, very nice 69 today. Uh, so even with the rain, it's not too bad at all. But uh, we're talking pitching today. We, we hinted at it at the end of last episode that both of us would be dropping updated SP ranks. We did just that. I put 125. You put 126, thinking that you're cute. But they were trash ranking, so it didn't matter how many I, you put. I quite literally one-upped you. You, you literally one-upped me how dare you how absolute dare you but uh we've got a lot to discuss there's a lot of differences a lot of fun things to get into so let's just dive right in there are no transactions holding us up this is all pitching all episode here so let's start off the top just looking at uh, like once you get too deep it it doesn't really matter as much so i kind of cut it at 100 and i just want to look at some guys that you didn't rank that were in my top 100 um i only had one um, for for you, and it was Domingo Herman, which we'll get into later, and that's the suspension, and and we can kind of get into that. That's more of like a uh, philosophical difference. But you had three guys that were in my top 100 that you didn't even rank, and I'm curious as to uh, if you have any thoughts on them, if maybe it was an oversight, or you just don't like these guys. We're going to start with Josh Lindblom, who we've discussed in recent episodes so, shortly after he signed. You know, he's a guy coming over from uh, from Asia. I think it was... Korea um I will f- okay so he c- coming over from Korea uh, had some really good seasons over there not an overpowering kind of guy really is going to um you know if you want to shorthand it more of a Miles Michaelis coming over and uh, where the, his command and control were really sharp a lot of uh, a lot of spin on his fastball that makes his 91 to 92 mile per hour fastball play up but he put up three brilliant seasons over there, including two the last two really, really sharp sub-three ERA seasons. I think he's going to come over and be a pretty solid asset for the Brewers, but you didn't rank him. So I'm curious, uh, what were your thoughts there? Because he didn't even make the top 126. No love? Uh, it just, I'm unsure. I, he's a guy that could pop into my rankings sometime in, in March once I get some eyes on him against Major League Talent during spring mm-hmm. training. I just... I think we've, you know, we've had some like really good hits coming over from Asia, uh, pitcher wise, and then we've had some guys that have kind of bombed for us. Sure. And sure, Kikuchi's, you know, the one that's sticking in people's heads right now, as because he was he was a really major bomb. Uh, you hinted on something that I, uh, let's cover right now before we get into more players. These are going to change, right? I already mentioned in mine that I'm gonna yeah. I'm updating in February and March. These. As is, and even when we do the March ones, for me and I think for you, they're not six-month rankings. What's the point of that? 
they're going to change so much that pretending that these are 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 the six month rankings, uh, I think is useless. Right now, I would view these as, um, you know, three month rankings, and literally meaning February, March, April. Not not even the first three months of the season because they're going to change so much right now in February and March. And each time I think it's going to be three months that by the time we get to the March ones that are for the season, I'm looking at those as April, May, and and, and into June. And, of course, I'm going to do updates then. So don't look too far in advance. And that's part of why I ranked my prospect grouping so low is because they're so unknown and they're unlikely to contribute early in the season. But I just want to be clear on that, that both of us see these as malleable and things that are going to change so much, particularly in the offseason, that uh, worrying so much about, well, I think this guy's going to come up in July in Beast. Okay, well, I'm going to update them in July and I will account for that. So I want to be clear on that. And um, I think it's fair for you to say that you're not going to just trust Lynn Bloom blindly i i am giving him a little bit more of a blind trust and putting him at 82 on my ranking but you're going to play the wait and see i did that with some other guys where i didn't necessarily uh leave them unranked but lance mccullers jr and carlos martinez are two guys who will skyrocket up my ranks as we get good news in spring assuming we do one on martinez that he is locked into the rotation i put him at 64 you put him at 47 i'll be much closer to you if we get that news and then mccullers we actually both put him at 63 i think you and i are both just waiting to see what does he look like uh if he's looking healthy he's definitely going to go up my ranking so i just want to be clear on that caveat that uh these are going to change so don't get too hooked into the long-term aspect of them all right, so the next guy that you didn't rank is uh, Merrill Kelly. And I'll, we'll just pair Merrill Kelly and Matt Shoemaker together because they were 97 and 98 on my rankings, respectively. And I find them to be rather similar. They're not super flashy, but I think both can be solid. They didn't make the 126 for you. Are, are they guys that could, or, or you're just not interested in them at all? Because Kelly's not dealing with an injury situation the way Shoemaker is. So where are you on those two? Yeah, for Shoemaker, it's the injury situation. I, I want to see him healthy. I want to see him pitching in spring. Uh, I He could easily jump in as guys kind of drop out uh, as we have injuries, as, uh, you know, guys look really, really bad or, or have, like, big velocity dips in spring. Uh, for me, Merrill Kelly, I think he's the odd man out in this rotation. So, like, I, I know, you know Roster, that's a great point. Roster Resource has Zach Gallen starting in AAA. No chance. I, Zach Gallen is the best pitcher Second. on best pitcher in that rotation. Second. The He's best not pitcher. Not better in than Bumgarner, dude. Stop. I'm a Giants Stop. fan. And I'm saying he is the best pitcher in that rotation. You're allowed um, to be a Giants fan and wrong about uh, y'all's <laughs> best player. Like, that. Stop, dude. Stop. It, it, no way. In fact, you can make a case that he's not even better than Luke Weaver yet. But I would, I would at least allow that debate. I, I, I'll have, allow that debate. He's not, I'm not allowing him. Not debate. better <laughs> um, than Madison. So, but well, anyway, okay. uh, so second, yeah. he's maybe not, he, second, arguably his the best pitcher. There we go. You, you um, make a good point on on Kelly being the odd man out. I actually didn't factor that in, and you telling me that right now would cause me to drop him at least twenty five ranks. Yeah, I, 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 I think didn't think about that. There may be an argument that they go to a six-man rotation to start the season, especially with Weaver's injury concerns. Mm-hmm. So if we hear some sort of news or they say, 
Yeah, Gallon needs to work on his defense. <laughs> his defense, if they use that, the one that they always use for hitting prospects, they accidentally use it on a pitching prospect. Yeah, his defense really needs to sharpen up, dude. On those bunts and tappers, he's just uh, not he's getting got, off he's the really mound fast enough. When, We're know. just not seeing it, man. we got to alter his mechanics. we got to rebuild him from square one. So, no, that's a, that's a great point. I was going off of roster resource kind of blindly. I already had Gallon ranked, so as I went to Arizona's page, I, it didn't register that – I had six guys for them in the top 100, and uh, that's not going to cut it. So you're right. I will actually accept that that uh, he might not even make the 125 for me at that point uh, if I'm moving him down 20, 25 ranks, and he's at 97 right now for Merrill Kelly. So that's a good call there. And then you said with Shoemaker, you're playing wait and see on the health. I went ahead and ranked him already because we've already gotten some some news that he, he should be you know raring and ready to go. He was pretty excellent, albeit in a small sample last year, just 28 and two-thirds. But damn, was he good. And his, his swinging strike rate has always been underratedly sharp. 13, 12, 13, and 13 the last four years for Matt Shoemaker. So he's got some strikeout upside there, too, uh, to and go I, with the ground like ball right now. Shoemaker, too. But, I mean, this is a guy with, I think he had like a 50% ground ball rate on that turf in – uh, in Toronto, and yeah, he was good in a small sample, but it was still a very small sample, and he just hasn't pitched very much. I mean, he hasn't had more than 100 innings in a season since 2016. Uh, like I said, if he looks good in spring, uh, I think there's a, definitely a chance he jumps into my top 100. Uh, but for right now, especially if I'm doing an early draft, and I think part of w- the way I kind of rank right now is for people who are doing early drafts. So, uh I just don't want to take the chance on a guy like that. You know what? Uh, I think that's all fair. I think you acquitted yourself well on on all three of these guys here. So let's get into some of the big differences. So what we're going to do is cover six major differences uh, where I'm higher and six major differences where you're higher. And then we'll get into some general questions for each other on maybe some guys that I didn't list that you wanted to talk about here because I just kind of handpicked these as interesting guys. Uh, but maybe I missed some that you want to get into. So let's start with the ones where I'm higher. I ranked Dylan Bundy at a very nice 69. He was one off from not even making a list. He he was a buck 25 there. So we have a 56 spot difference. Um, he, again, he wasn't on my list. I actually you added him last second. Yeah, like I debated a number of guys for like 124 through 126, which was uh, you know guys like Trevor Richards. But you know, as we'll talk about with the other Tampa Bay guys, I, I just don't know how to. The Tampa Bay. God, they're like, so yeah, they're it's, so it's hard. Frustrating, dude. you know. Adam yep. Rainwright. I mean, Rainwright had like some good innings last year. He was great down the stretch. <laughs> so, he really. Like, I bet. I bet he, he contributed to to at least some NL only championships. Adam Wainwright did. Yeah. I, I bet you he did. You know, uh, Tony Goslin, you know, a guy that I think mm-hmm. you ranked. Uh, uh, Casey Mize. Like, when does Casey Mize come up? I had. Him in, you had Manning, like, but you didn't have Mize, yeah. which was interesting. I, we'll get into that, too, with the prospects. But let's talk so, about Bundy real quick. He's so, garbage. I understand the concerns, right? Obviously, you look at the home run rate, and you can really just drop the mic right there as to why you would have concerns. I'm definitely betting on the come here, particularly putting him that high at 69. What I like is he has a premium pitch with the slider. He has a workable changeup. He's getting out of Camden and the AL East, which has some other difficult parks. So I do think that just by virtue of the move, the home run rate's going to come down. 
But I'm also interested to see if there's some development there as well, where maybe they have some plans for the fastball, which is obviously very problematic. It's it, been a brutal pitch the last two years minus 20.4 pitch value this past year something needs to give there whether it's getting back to the cutter that he had years ago that originally baltimore didn't allow him to throw but then it was his own volition where he said i don't want to throw this because it's hurting my forearm so we'll see if maybe there's something there or if they have plans on executing his fastball differently for dylan bundy so i'm definitely high on him probably relative to the entire market but I was surprised that that you had him that low. I thought even even more of a negative outlook would still get him top 100 just on the upside alone. He's still only going to be 27. I I think there is something to bet on there when you look at the strikeout and walk. If you believe that the homers can come down, how do you feel about the home run rate with Bundy? You think we're stuck at a one five or higher, or can he really can he improve that and and kind of change his outlook there? Oh, I mean, there's always a chance. Like you said, he's he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. Just turned 27. Uh, so, I mean, there's always a chance. But he's just – he's never had a home run rate below 1.38 in, in the majors. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know he's going, you know, away from Camden. But with with them lowering the wall in, uh, in Anaheim, uh, I think he, he could struggle still. Uh, with home runs, and it is a tough division uh, with a lot of uh, home run hitters. I just, to me, this is just a ranking that says I'm out. I just, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to take the shot. Uh, I gotta, I should probably look where he's going. Eighty. Oh, I can actually look. Uh, he's going at three twenty one or about it. I think you're in the majority there, by the way, in that ADP. Uh, agrees with that there. Uh, by the way, if you want to follow along, we're going to be looking at the NFBC average draft position for draft champions leagues since uh, uh, December 17th. That gives us 12 leagues to look at. And they do combine pitchers with uh, starters and relievers. So when we say what number pitcher they are, keep that in mind. Uh, Bundy's the 111th pitcher. You know, just some loose, not even math, because I'm just blind guessing. I would imagine there's like, 30 relievers at least so So, up a fair amount since he signed because yes because people hate baltimore pitchers and then just alone getting out of there i think people are interested so but i mean here's some of the guys going behind him garrett richards who we both love Ronaldo lopez who i can't quit michael pineda well he's out for six weeks though yeah still uh mackenzie gore Ross Stripling. Whoa, wait, wait, Mackenzie Gore. When's he coming up? I, 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 I are we I, really seeing I what kind he, of what kind of twenty twenty factor is he? I think he's up. Uh, no, I, I think he's up with the first wave of prospects. Okay, I might need to reassess that because he he made my second grouping of prospects, which was actually just off of my top one twenty five. Uh, along with Mize and Manning, just because, and Pearson, who we might get into because you, you ranked him nicely, uh, just because I really wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, left handed, big time prospect for the San Diego Padres, who had a solid two level season last year at high A and double A. He was brilliant at high A. He went to double A for five starts, and it was it was okay, like a 415 ERA. I'm not freaking out over. I love that he was still striking out guys 25 in 21 and two thirds innings. Walk rate was fine. Uh, whip a little high at 129, but nothing to really freak out about with Gore at age 20. 
more more than holding his own at the double A. But isn't he going to have to go to double and triple A this year? Is he going to like what? What do you think the path is there? I, I thought as a twenty one year old with some of the depth that they have at starter that I didn't really see him coming up that early. But I, I guess that's where our disagreement is on somebody like Gore. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm probably maybe I'm a little bit too bullish uh, on because he's not even on the forty man, and so then you have like Quantrill, Morian, Baez, Bolaños. Perdomo and Margovicius aren't as good as him, obviously. I'm not – actually, in fact, you can make a case that aggressive. none of those guys are. True? This is, this is a True. team that's been aggressive. I think they consider themselves uh, a team that can compete for a wild card spot this year. Agreed. Uh, and I, just, I think they're going to be aggressive with Gore, who is a fantastic uh, – prospect matt thompson who uh works over with me over at uh friends of fantasy benefits uh, he's our our lead prospect guy over there and works at prospects live as well he he tweeted out his, uh some bold predictions and he he tweeted out that mackenzie gore would break camp as a bold prediction wow now, oh wait gore now let's wait i i shouldn't have even gotten into gore there because he's on your he's on your list there uh where you're where you're higher on the differences and i did rank him he did make my first group i actually made that late change there i thought i had him because that's where i originally had him was in my second group let's get more into him in a moment um you because you were just mentioning guys that are going after uh bundy that you'd be interested in Kyle gibson another guy we'll, we'll talk about here in a little while i mean there's just there's so many pictures <laughs> going after bundy that i feel so much safer about uh my boy Jeff Samarja, uh, I mean that there's just. I no got some, I got some heat on my on my Samarja rank. I was actually higher than you. He might be my boy. I might have stolen him from you. Yeah. I put him fifty two. You have him sixty four. Ah. Do you do you want to guess where he finished last year on on uh, Rasball Player Raider among Samarja? starting pitchers? Yeah. Um, forty seven. Thirty third. Yeah. See. I mean, it, it's a volume play. I understand, <laughs> and and I, I I know there's just some people that can't get over that, um, and they just don't like those volume plays. But it's also a whip play. He's he's my um, he's my my Joe Musgrove before Musgrove, where the ERA is always looking a little meh to to even pour it that one year where he was a four ninety six. But the whip is always there, and for some reason we underrate those guys, and then we overrate the guy who has like a 360 whip but like a or excuse me a 360 era but like a 135 whip like we overrate those guys and i think we underrate the inverse there and and samarja is definitely the inverse his strikeouts have not come back since they were pretty good a few years ago uh several years ago now to be quite honest but uh he he volumes well, we, it and I when he was we healthy gotta th- we gotta throw yeah throw out 2018 it was like his only season uh what in the last like seven years that he's actually it's an injury washout yeah so like i think we throw that out uh i think you, you give him a little bit more in terms of strikeout and some regression in terms of uh era and maybe even a little whip uh but he's he's a volume play i mean if he can yep. get you know, eight strikeouts per nine or even oh, seven and a half strikeouts per nine yeah and, and throw the 200 innings that we really got accustomed to I think it, it, he's, he's like a super unsexy pick. but And I, I love the park, too. And guess what? He didn't just lean on the park. He was basically dead even home and road. In fact, his ERA and whip were both slightly worse at home. 355 to 350 home and away. 
115 to 107 home and away on the whip. So I like Jeff Samarja there. Again, sorry, got us off track, but um, I, I hear you on. So you don't want to take Bundy at the price because there's other guys there. I, I can understand that. I still think the ranking's too low. I think both things can be true. I I think that's a fair uh, critique. Here's what I will say about Bundy is he's a guy that throws innings. And when you throw innings and you have the inverse of Jeff Samarja, which is really bad ratios, like that, that can hurts. really hurt your team. That's fair. That's a, all the critiques on him are fair. I am certainly betting on development that we've yet to see. And um, maybe if he if he's looking different, a, a new approach or, or or the cutters back or something in spring, maybe I can get you on board a little bit more. But I understand where you're at with him right now. Let's move on. You hinted at talking about some Rays guys here, and I get that the jumble of uh, of pitchers that they have and kind of how they maneuver them around can be frustrating to deal with. But I still felt that your Ryan Yarbrough, Yanni Chirinos disdain was a bit too much. You got. <laughs> Yarbrough at 126, literally your last guy. I had him at 71, and I had Chirinos at 70, and you have him at 107. So we have major gaps there. And listen, again, I get it with the uh, volume uncertainty with them. However, they're both penciled in as as starters right now, and I don't think that Brendan McKay is going to leapfrog either of them to start the season. I didn't even. Write they it. would have to struggle. And I, I noticed that, by the way, and I, I understand that. Um, I think a guy you hinted at, Trevor Richards, probably the bigger worry of anybody else. But that would only that would only bop one of them. And uh, you look at what they've done the last two years combined. Chirinos, 371 ERA, 112 whip in 223 innings. And then Yarbrough, 402, 115 in 289 innings. So explain yourself. Why are you so low on these guys? It's the Rays. It's just the Rays messing with fantasy players messing with their own pitchers. Uh, I just, I probably uh, should move both of them up, uh, especially Yarborough, who, like you said, I, I ranked uh, 260. Uh, you mean 126. Or 126. You ranked him 260. 260 oh, no. was his ADP that I had posted. Oh, okay. Um, that, that, that was the issue. I, to me, it's just, it's... I don't want to I mean, – neither of these guys are, like, massive strikeout guys. Sure. Um, they're not going to get massive amounts of innings. Well, uh, they might not. I mean they, – They might not. Chirinos, Yarbrough got – Chirinos I, threw like, 133 and Yarbrough threw 141. And he has each of the last two years. However, you don't need major volume to be successful these days. This so I, I understand that concern, but Yarbrough was 40th on the player radar last year, and Chirinos was 52nd uh, with those stunted innings totals. So um, I don't know. I just like both of them uh, as you know rotation fillers even, and I get it. You know, Yarbrough uh, can't break a pane of glass with, uh, with, with, with his fastball or whatever. <laughs> However, hour fastball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they put him back in, honestly – I love either of them being in the follower role. Yeah, they're, that they're could not, make they're them not, even better. They've got the open. They're not starting. They got the opener, which gives them a better shot at wins. Up. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably too low, and I should probably move them up. Okay. Uh, and I may do that on my next ranking. Um, it's just so. 
Yeah, I just don't like drafting players like this. That's, I mean, okay. and you it, like guys that are more hurt. They're, they're too exactly. healthy. They're way too okay. healthy. I got you. And I got you. I so with, we'll get you some Brent Honeywell with McKay too. Like, uh, they could easily like rotate these guys like kind of in and out of the rotation. That's true. Um, I soured on McKay Richard, though with Richards and Beeks, uh, and if Honeywell's ever healthy, it just I. Like I think they're gonna get run, but I think they're gonna be frustrating. Maybe not to the same length that like someone like Shohei Otani is. Maybe and, it's gotta be the deeper league where it's more of a set it and forget it, as opposed to the ten moves. and twelve like where you have a, to manage them. Yes. If you're in a daily moves league, you're gonna have a pretty good idea that one of these guys is the follower uh, coming up after the cl- opener. Uh, you know, on a day to day basis. But like in a weekly moves league, especially when you you know. You don't have like you know a, a chance to take someone in and out uh, if they get moved around. I, I just don't want to deal with that kind of frustration, and so I'm kind of just out. Okay, okay. I don't think that's completely out of bounds. Uh, obviously, I'd be a little bit more willing to take that, that those two guys, Torinos and Yarbrough. But uh, I, I can hear that. All right, let's move on to the next guy. This one really uh, s- struck me as as something that we need to discuss here because. You gave you gave no love to Jay Coderizzi after the big season last year. I got him up at 35. You have him down at 72. Now, he was 22 on the player Raider. So I'm not just saying full repeat. Uh, you know, anytime a guy has a career year, you wanna you wanna project some some uh peel back there or else you're you're likely to be disappointed. He's ADP tends to agree more with you. He's the 71st pitcher off the board and eyeballing it. Uh, Workman and Colomay and Archie Bradley are around him. I would say there's what 12 to 15 um, relievers probably ahead of him there. So that puts him more around the mid 50s, mid to low 50s uh, among starting pitchers. So that's still a, a, a you know a good bit further away from where I'm at with him. Talk to me about your thoughts on Jake Odorizzi because I I kind of buy what Minnesota did with him. They figured out you're not a third time through guy except for you know. Those those days where he's like super dialed in and maybe facing like the Tigers who can't really hurt him anyway. He's mostly a, a five, six inning guy, but that plays, man. Those first two times through, he ended up having a hell of a season. 351 ERA, 121 whip, and 178 strikeouts in 159 innings. So uh, explain your Jake Odorizzi, uh, uh, I don't want to say hate, but but your your skepticism with him. They figured out something with him and then went completely away from it. From June 15th on, he had a 4.77 ERA. From June, from when? June, June 15th on. Like, I mean. <laughs> that's influenced, that's heavily influenced by like three bad starts. Four and four at KC. Uh, five earned. In three, I mean, yeah, of course. I'm not saying that you wouldn't take him. Yeah, I mean, you're but gonna... then, but then nine and four uh, against the Yankees, which you feasibly could have avoided. But I don't even think you would have avoided that. My point is, his last ten starts, Odorizzi had a 289. So I think using that that whole sample is a little bit misleading. I mean, that's that's a fair critique. At the same time, they 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 did start to go away from pulling him earlier in games. I think Did they though? Those were four, three, and and sure. and Especially, four inning games. Well, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm too low on him. I just I, I looked at the second half numbers. I look at the projections, and it scares me. And this is a guy that projections no love for him. What What are the projections looking like? I actually uh, didn't look at them. Projections have him as a, a four a fifty nine ERA, uh, about a strikeout an inning, uh, and a one thirty one WHIP. Yes. Yeah. See, I think those don't take in the, the changes that we saw. And I, I think they are going to continue to use him, uh, Jake Odorizzi, as a guy who is best two times through and uh, sporadically gets that third time through. You know, he can, he can get his face caved in like any other pitcher. But again, I think if you're really looking at that sample that you highlight, it's really more of a, uh, a lull there from June 15th through July 24th, which is essentially a month because the All-Star break's built in there too. So it's a seven-start run with a 7.99 ERA and it's a uh, mediocre bad mediocre bad good mediocre awful as far as the starts go there on those 7 but then 10 brilliant starts to close the season where he didn't allow more than 3 runs for Jake Odorizzi so i don't know i think i think he got back on track he finished strong and i'm willing to to buy into this new and improved Odorizzi yeah i just i'm not I'm just okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to do it. It just. I mean, the, we will be that, different. There. Yeah, that stretch just that hurt you. you and like I said, you ate it. It wasn't like you were avoiding Kansas City because you're like you're worried about that lineup in Kansas. You know, especially in Kaufman, or yeah. But you but you still look at the bottom line, right? Unless it's a head-to-head league, which okay, yeah, it hurt you there, and you probably lost some weeks. You're still looking at the bottom line. 15 wins, 351 ERA, 121 whip, 178 strikeouts and 159 innings. The makeup of it doesn't really matter to us in Roto. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. I, I'm, I'm not it, saying you're not you're not uh, arguing correctly. I just, yeah, just not. Okay. Gonna... Not your guy. No. Not your guy. All right, let's move on then. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Jordan Lyles here. Now I had Jordan Lyles. I was actually a little bit surprised where I ended up with him, but uh, I came away liking him after investigating him a bit. I got him at 79. You got him at 108. He moves to Texas, although as we've talked about multiple times, particularly when we were talking about the uh, the Corey Kluber trade, their park's almost guaranteed to play more neutral this year just because it has a retractable roof that, if it's anything like Houston, will be closed way more often than not, and it will neutralize the climate, which often made made uh, globe life so hitter friendly. Now, of course, there were other factors, but the climate was a big, big factor there. I like that he went back to the Brewers uh, after struggling with the Pirates, got right back on track to what he was, and had a 245 ERA, 111 whip, 24% strikeout rate. In fact, that was the same. His strikeout and walk rate were actually in line with what he did with the Pirates. I don't know exactly what the Brewers did to kind of get him back on track and shave three hits off of his hit rate. But Jordan Lyles finished really strong. He's got a little bit of a home run issue, which is fine. That's why, I mean, I, I don't have him that high. Uh, uh, 79 is a guy that uh, that you're taking pretty late. You can afford to have some blemishes there. But I love the curveball and leaning into it and getting away more from the uh, from the fastball has served him well. And I think he's going to be a, a, a capable starter with Texas. What do you think about Jordan Lyles? I, I don't disagree with anything you just said there. Uh, I okay. think the difference between what, 709 and 102, or is that where I had him? Uh, so, yeah, 79 and, and 108. Yeah, so I don't think that that is that different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's 
you know how I feel about that. Yeah. I agree with you as far as globs go. So He's that one is just three ninety four in terms of ADP. So we, neither of us would have to pay the the price that we put him at, and so we can get Jordan Lots. Okay, then we're not we don't have to go too deep on that because we probably see eye to eye. It's just a matter of you put him lower in the glob, I put him higher in the glob. Fair yeah, enough. I mean, there's just guys I think that like is there really that big of a difference between oh you know. The aforementioned Ray Lo- Reynaldo Lopez and, sure. and Lyles. No, I don't think yeah. there is. I just let's look at my 108, which is Michael Pineda, who, when healthy, no, there isn't going to be any difference between him and Lyles. So your point is well taken, and uh, I, I accept that. And we'll just we'll move on then. Uh, next up is one I'm probably going to have to be defending quite a bit uh, throughout <laughs> this this off season. Here is Aaron Savali. This is kind of my guy here. I got him up at 58. You got him at 91. I'd be more inclined to go ahead and just defend him as opposed to ask you why you don't like him because I don't even think that it'd be fair to characterize it that way. So I'll just point out why I like him. And and why I like him is, first off, first and, first and foremost, I buy into the uh, the Cleveland pitching factory that they've that they've uh, really started to get with here. And a big part of it, for me, as the way I termed it in an article I wrote uh, back in November was, I don't think he's quite going to be reaching Shane Bieber heights, but I think he's better than the Adam Plutko, Josh Tomlin type that, they, that they've been developing. I think uh, he and Zach Plesak are kind of interesting, and I actually got some pushback of if you're going to be that high in Savali, why not Plesak? And it makes me want to reconsider my Plesak ranking a little bit. But what I like about Savali specifically, first off, brilliant season that he had across double, triple, uh, double, triple A, and then the majors, where he really got some swing and miss in the minors, doesn't walk guys, couldn't bring all the swing and miss with him to the majors. However, his 9% swinging strike rate is heavily held down by the fact that he doesn't get any whiffs on his breaker, or excuse me, on his fastball, but his breaking balls and the cutter and changeup. So four other pitches, slider, cutter, curve, and change all have 13 plus percent swinging strike rates. So I actually think there's some strikeout upside here with Savale. I think we need to figure out what exactly he's going to do with his fastball, whether it's going to be four-seamer, two-seamer. If he can figure out a way to get more swings and misses, I'd like to see some development there, or maybe just lean more into the cutter. But I like a lot of what he did uh, with hit suppression and uh, um, keeping keeping the barrel off the bu- uh, keeping the ball off the barrel. I'm a fan of, of Aaron Savali here, and I think there's going to be, you know, not that he's going to just take the 234 ERA and 104 whip and extrapolate it for, you know, 180 innings, but I think he can be like a 370, 120 kind of guy, again, with some strikeout upside because of that secondary arsenal. So I like Savali coming into this year quite a bit. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I can understand why. I mean, I just. Ugh. I, I worry about the amount of zone contact he gives up for someone who doesn't come into the zone very often. Uh, I mean, he actually had the lowest uh, zone rate of, uh, or if he had qualified, he would have had the lowest zone rate of any qualified pitcher. Um, well, he gets a 38% chase on yeah. his non-fastballs. And, so, and he pitches, I, I, I and like he, that. He pitches backwards, so it's not like he, he's not like, you know. You said you talked about the fastball. He's only thrown it like thirty eight percent of the time. Yeah, he's not going too low every time, and then having to, you know, bring that sinker into the zone uh, a bunch because the sinker is the better of his of his two heaters. 
I do think that there is some concern there with the heater. Of course, a Cleveland Indian with a bad heater, I mean, that that, that just fits their, yeah, their right. MO. Yeah, I know. So um, If you're going to be in an organization with a bad fastball, like that's the organization to be that's in. That's the one because they figure out how to work with that. So, um, yeah, I, again, I understand that I'm the high man. That's why I'm more defending this than asking you why you don't like him or anything. But I think there's there's really something here. And again, I'm putting some faith in in the organization at large in Cleveland and uh, and and buying into Savale here as as kind of a late bloomer who's a pop up prospect, so to speak. And I think he's going to be solid for us this year. Yeah, I, I'll be. I think he's a guy that you if you if you play in a lot of leagues like me, you should get a share of. I just don't. I'm not going to highly invest in him for sure. I I wonder. It's interesting because the projections have him giving up a ton more home runs. Mm-hmm. We've seen that with so many guys. By the way, I, I know I feel like you and I talk about this every episode about Steamer just sending the home runs through the roof. And I get it if you know they're operating as as the last year's balls in play. But like, how's he going from point six to one point seven? And he never gave up homers in yeah, the minors. That's the thing. He just he doesn't have a history of giving up home runs in the minors and I mean he gives up a fair amount of fly balls but it's not like egregiously bad uh, no he's like a one-to-one almost on, yeah. on ground ball fly ball so first of all so I don't know I, I think you know the projections may have scared me off a little bit and I may have to walk that back that being said I do, I am scared of the, the fastball uh and I'm scared that the walk rate could go up if you know if he's going to live outside of the zone as much as uh, as much as he does, but I, I see what you mean. There definitely is a, a weird correlation between you know the Bieber Kluber bad fastball, but still really good pitcher when you have the control going, uh, mm-hmm. and him being in Cleveland. Uh, so I, I'm probably gonna have to I'm probably gonna have to go back and watch a few more starts and and really kind of evaluate how good I think his control can be. And here's the thing, too. I've got Aaron Savali at 58. Nobody has to pay anywhere near that price. He is the 108th pitcher off the board, pick 287. If you lean closer to where I am with him, you're not paying a premium. He's a, he's going around Yarbrough. Several guys we talked about already. Yarbrough, Chirinos, Bundy, Richards. Our, our boy uh, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease, who uh, both big fans of. So, you know. You don't have to pay a lot for him, and I'm not going to, but I am going to have multiple shares of Aaron Savali. All right, last one on my major differences is one we already kind of hinted at offline. Uh, you mentioned that you need to get this guy higher, so I'll let you talk about him. But I've got Max Fried up at 25, and you have him at 51. And uh, this was somebody that I, I came on board with this past year. I remember Nick and I were having a discussion about him. I was like, you know, what's 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 your love on him? It's a, like a two-pitch guy. And uh, I hadn't I hadn't investigated him in recently enough and seen that he added the slider. And once I was kind of tipped off on that, I've been kind of closely following Max Fried since. Really love what he did this year. Felt like he could have had a better ERA than the 402 that he had in the 133 whip. Babip was high at 336. Now he's allowed a lot of high Babip, so I think he I think part of that is on on freed himself, but I love the 25% strikeout 7% walk. And again, with the added slider, I think the slider curve combo 
makes that strikeout rate believable and even adds some potential upside for next year. So talk to me about Max Fried, and uh, you mentioned that you might move him up, but where to, and uh, how do you feel about him? I'm definitely going to move him up because this was a guy that when I originally started my rankings a few weeks ago, I had I'd put him where I had him at, at 51, and then I had a conversation with Mike Warner uh, when doing the uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits Braves uh, preview, and he he was the one who was like started pointing out all these things, and I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I think I got to move him up, uh, and I probably need to move him up at least ten to fifteen spots. I like uh, it. So my guess is I would probably put him at forty. Where you currently have Kluber. Kluber, yeah, uh, and maybe even above Bumgarner at thirty-seven. Okay. So uh, he, he deserves to be moved up. One, he's done just a fantastic job in, in that park. And I think I expect them to re-sign Donaldson. And so I think the defense behind him will still be pretty good. Uh, he gets 53% ground ball rate. He does not give up fly balls. I mean, he, I mean, he's just not going to give up home runs. So I think, uh, you know, even though he gave up 1.14 homers per nine, I totally agree with Steamer at uh, making him the only player in Major League Baseball <laughs> they expect to have a regressed home run rate. Uh, and so while the BABIP may come down, I think the home run rate comes down uh, as well. And I could easily see him post in like a, a mid-threes ERA, you yeah. know, over a strikeout and inning. He does a, a good job of keeping men off bases, which is really what killed him in, you know, his first debut in 2018. Uh, but also throughout the minor leagues, was he had a really hard time, uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with sequencing. Uh, but the and the addition of the slider uh, really has helped him with the the walk rate. And so, yeah. And you I'm, mentioned the ground ball rate for Freed. I think some of that in the minors, you're not always getting the best defense behind you either. Partly because some of the fields that they play on, and maybe just the personnel. So he he is a little bit reliant upon defense. That's why I like the added strikeouts though, so that he becomes less reliant upon uh, who's fielding it. Uh, especially if it ends up being Austin Riley and not Josh Donaldson for Max Free. But I'm with you on that mid-threes, 120-something whip with the potential for more. I really believe that he could have a major breakout this year at age 26. Remember, he was a premium prospect. So um, I know you know Nick's not much for, for pedigree uh, as far as that goes, but I still do put some weight in that. And um, I think he's really starting to show why he was a big prospect. And I think we're going to continue to see see that development for Max Fried. Well, and you have to remember, too, part of the reason he didn't develop as quickly as people expected because it was injury. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he failed in the minor leagues uh, necessarily. It was he got hurt and he missed like almost two full seasons. Yeah. Uh, before 14 you know, and 15. Yeah. I mean, he only pitched 10 innings in the minor leagues in, in 14, didn't pitch at all in 2015. So he had some development time to make up for. So that's a little bit why I think he kind of was slow roasted a little in the minor leagues. Don't forget, like, you know, our, our boy Vlad uh, mentioned when, when we had him on, I think prior to the start of the season, or maybe it was right at the beginning of the start of the season, like which, Atlanta Braves pitcher you should invest in when people were trying to, you know, decide between, between Bryce Wilson Bryce and Kyle Wilson, Wright, Kyle Wright and Max Freed. Uh, he, he was all over Freed. Boom. Um, and, uh, and you and I both, I think, the best. went different directions. We sure uh, did. I so, think we went 
Wilson yeah, for went, me I and right for you. I know I, I was definitely on Wilson. So oh, okay, then we were both on Wilson because I I had Wilson on my main event team. So yeah, we're idiots, so. Max <laughs> Fried, uh, and that's why Vlad Sedler's a beast. Yeah. So, so all right, we'll so get him back. Fried's going up. <laughs> Fried's going up for you. Okay, cool. Now let's talk your uh, your major differences where you're the higher one here, and let's start with Domingo Herman. And again, this is. A special circumstance because of the suspension. I just went ahead, parked him, and said, "Obviously, I'll move him up as he gets closer to returning." But for now, I'm not. Uh, I'm not dealing with that with that clown. Uh, but you had him at 68. I thought that, based on the fact that we do see these as more short term rankings, I thought that was still too high, though. It probably because is. And I, I what I, leagues I, would you park him in? What because you can't put him on the IL. So yeah. what kind of league? Would For you the most park part, him? people right now are, are drafting draft and holds. Yeah. Okay. So, so that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're draft, you're either drafting dynasty uh, or uh, or draft and holds right now. And so, yeah, he should probably because you can't draft him in like an online championship. No, know? that's twelve teams, yeah. seven reserves, and, and it really, you're not holding them for six weeks. You can't probably draft him in the main event, and if you do, you've got to do it late, and you can't take any other shots on rookies who might be coming up uh, pretty yep. soon or because you're just going to, as I did last year in the main event, clog up your, uh, <laughs> clog yeah. up your uh, reserve list. So, And I, I think somebody will. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, frankly, I think that's an unforced People error there. People definitely are because he's going oh, – I, I keep looking at my, my uh, ADP from my sheet. Uh, yeah, oh, oh wait, no, that's – that's, uh, German uh, Herman Marquez Marquez uh, still 271 like people are still drafting him and uh yeah you pr- I should probably move him down just so people uh yeah yeah because it's a volley should probably be going ahead of him cease to definitely be going ahead of him Garrett Richard should be going ahead of him yeah so I should probably drop him down by probably into the 80s or 90s so i i technically didn't rank him because i only did my 125 but for what we're looking at i i put my full list on there the one that i pared down so i had him at 139 again basically just parking herman until he gets closer to coming back i said six weeks by the way it's gonna be about eight to nine weeks that he's gonna need till he comes back uh with the first 63 games missed probably some time to ramp up in the minors although you actually can be in the yeah, minors you while you're on suspension. So up while you're suspended, so yeah, he sh- I mean he's going to so miss he twelve starts. So you're going to have to just kind of cut out a third of what a typical season uh, would be for him. Okay. Uh, so in a draft and hold, I'm still fine taking that shot because I do think he has a ton of upside. Uh, I was really impressed, uh, especially with his early stuff last year. Uh, so I'm I have no problem paying, you know, kind of. A two nineties three hundred price tag in a draft and hold, and that's okay. kind of why I, I ranked them where I did. Sure. Um, but in in a regular league, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to probably drop him considerably. All right, I think that's all um, that's all understandable there. And like I said, that was more of an extenuating circumstance than anything that was going to be skill based. So let's get into some of those uh, ones that are skill based, where we have big differences. We hinted at this one early, already started to get into it. Mackenzie Gore, I had him at a buck five in my prospect grouping, which I parked them all kind of together there. Um, the only one that was 
I think the only true prospect, or there's two, they're both on the same team, Lazardo and Puck, uh, who I both had kind of up there because I think that they're going to be ready and raring to go pretty much right away. All the other prospects, I started at, at 99 if you include Patrick Sandoval or 100 if you started with Whitley and just ranked them there and said, I'm leaving them here right now just because I don't know when they're really going to be able to contribute. So talk to me more about Gore. You said, was it Matt Thompson who had a bold prediction that he's going to break camp? Now, they have a history of this, Paddock and Tatis, and it was without long-term deals. So talk to me about Gore who peaked at AA last year, 21-year-old lefty, who we have as the, I think, second pitching prospect in all of baseball on our big board right now behind Forrest Whitley, and I think like the fifth prospect overall. So go ahead on Mackenzie Gordon and try to sell me on uh, boosting, boosting him up my rankings. So we all have, like, if you've played fantasy long enough, you have trades that you, uh, in hindsight, regret just so much. Yes. Like, for instance, uh, when Chris Sale was a rookie, oh, uh, no. I traded. I'm already scared. I for traded you. a $1 Chris Sale for a $14 JD Drew. Oh, no. In an AL only keeper league. Did you win? <laughs> Did no, you win? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I, I, oh, no. I traded away fucking Chris Sale. Oh, um, yeah. Fair, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, you definitely lost. So, I, I was hoping maybe you won the league that year or something. So, uh, a number of my league, league mates from this league that I'm about to talk about, uh, listen to the podcast. So I, I give them, a, you know, a, a little bit of a laugh. Cause I, last year I traded Mackenzie Gore for Nick Pavetta. Um, just, so, yeah, that it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a long time. Just <laughs> so, uh, that being said, uh, back then it seemed like a great idea. Uh, hey, you know, think I, about where we were a year ago mm-hmm. on Nick Pavetta, Every, and the whole you know, industry was very it could much, be, uh, you know, the Zach Gallon, and mm-hmm. who who else kind of fits that criteria right now? I, I think Zach Gallon's probably the easiest one to say. Hell, maybe Max Fried is is, is you know that that Freed's kind of guy this year. Shown enough. I think so too, but uh, I'm just saying. I, I think right now Gallon would Brandon is the Woodruff best maybe, maybe uh, Woodruff or Montas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love Montas and I love <laughs> and I love Woodruff. I'm right there with you, but I mean, if it all, I mean, I don't, I don't expect them to have uh, Pavetta type destruction. Nah, but if they but, did, but we didn't like, expect Pavetta to. Yeah, no, we we thought Pavetta was uh, at least safe to stay in the rotation in Philadelphia. Yes. So. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there uh, that uh, while I love what Gore could potentially do this season, I'm a recent convert. Uh, but man, is he filthy! And like you mentioned, Paddock uh, and Tatis were both brought up uh, without contracts uh, very, very quickly. And I think Paddock is a really interesting comp. Uh, in terms of usage, because he only had 37 innings at Double A when they made him opening, or you know, brought him up for opening day. Yep, and and it's 22 for Gore, which 15 innings is nothing in the span of what we're talking about here. If they felt it was good enough for Paddock, if they have the same assessment for Gore, then then they're going to be inclined to either uh, let him break camp or bring him up. Right and away. I, and I think now, teams are going to be very cautious of letting, you know, top pitching prospects go through AAA, where yeah. where they're getting just destroyed, especially 
uh, you know, out out west. So it's El, El Paso and mm-hmm. and the PCL man, the ball yeah. flies, and he could just get he could just get tanked there. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, uh, frick, I totally lost my train of thought there. Oh, Paddock, we also should mention though had a brilliant spring training. So That's would true. Gore have to have a similarly strong spring to kind of force his way onto it? To, to break like, camp, what kind of spring th- does he have to have? Yeah, I think to break camp, he would have to have a huge spring. But okay. uh, I do think that even if he, as long as he doesn't have an atrocious spring, I think there's a, a, a really good chance that he's up with that first wave of prospects, you know, beginning of May, end of April. Uh, okay. And, and if that's the case, and we're talking about a guy who can throw – 140 innings uh, of of really quality work uh, yeah. with his upside. I think we're talking about a guy who could have a Chris Paddock like uh, like breakout, and he's a guy that uh, or he's with an organization that is shown to be aggressive, especially uh, with some of their their younger guys. So, all right, no, I can I can uh, I can get behind all of that. There, I think you make a good case. I still think sixty two is a little too high, even for you know having the month missed. But if he if Gore is fast tracked like you're talking about, I definitely got to move him from one hundred five. So as the spring plays out, if he is starting to have a paddock like uh, spring training performance, I'm definitely going to move him up. Uh, because he is one of the the most elite prospects, pitching prospects in the game, and overall prospects. And um, San Diego's history precedes them, so we we know what they're willing to do. Now let's get into uh, Mr. Mower Man because it, it's <laughs> clockwork, dude. I, I like I couldn't believe it. I actually, I, I of course I believed it. Why do you have Kyle Gibson at fifty nine, dude? I have him at ninety. What are you doing? <laughs> I love Kyle Gibson. I, yes, uh... you do. I shouldn't have him that high, <laughs> but how are you going to have him at fifty nine and Lyles at one hundred eight? That they're teammates, they're similar. That right there, I think, is what breaks up your uh, your your Kyle Gibson ranking there I, as I far mean, as exposed. My, my thing is, I really shouldn't have him above guys like uh, I probably shouldn't have him above Odorizzi or Griffin Canning. Uh, he Correct. probably should be uh, in the seventies for me. Uh, that being said, like I, I can get behind that. That even though I would still be lower on him, I, I could at least, if you had him like seventy nine, either just ahead or or right below Ivaldi, uh, we would we wouldn't be having this discussion because obviously we'd only yeah. be eleven spots apart, and that's a glob at that point. Yeah, but but what but what are your expectations for him? Because here's the thing, he had those two disastrous five oh seven ERAs in sixteen and seventeen. Has the solid season in 18, at least ERA-wise. Again, one of those guys who got overrated because he had a 362 ERA, but a 130 whip. And then he was back to trash last year, 484, 144. You talk about volume and it hurting you. You hate Dylan Bundy, but you like Kyle Gibson? Pardon? <laughs> How dare you? Well, one, I think he'll be, I think he'll be more close to home uh, being in Texas and not having to commute for his side job. <laughs> that that will help. So, That's actually going to make my life worse. Is that yeah. he'll be here a lot more he's often. He's going to be there very often because he can just you know instead of having to work in travel days to in between starts, he's going to have to you know he it's going to be really he'll just easy be here him. before a night game. Yeah, he yeah. just bounce down, get everything done with the landscaping, and then exactly. bounce back to Arlington. That's for the obviously game. why he signed 
you know, the deal that he did. That the, the he tried to get with Houston, but mm-hmm. they, they didn't want him, so he, he took Texas because it's still pretty close. He would have been a top-10 pitcher for me if he ended up in Houston. My God. Actually, he would have been much higher. For the Houston has that shine where, yeah, they, you know, they, they sign do. somebody. you got to bounce them up. But, yeah, 59, way too high. You know it. I know it. I don't think we have to go too much further on Kyle uh, Gibson. I, right? do, I do think he was a bit unlucky. I mean, his FIP and okay. XFIP went markedly lower. The slider is awesome. Uh yeah, the fastball was bad last year, and it's it's got to be better. Uh, definitely a guy that could move either direction, depending on how he looks in spring. Swinging strike rate is up, up or even, literally every year of his mm-hmm. career. Yeah. 8.2, and I, I, the decimals don't really... But O swing rate, I mean... Those are positive factors for, for Gibson. And again, <clears throat> pardon me, Texas going to be more neutral. So I'm not even worried about going Minnesota to Texas outside of the fact that the division's tougher, but the park doesn't bother me for Kyle Gibson. So at 90, I'm saying I'll draft him in a lot of formats, particularly the deeper ones I play. At 59, I think you've relapsed and you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he should probably drop down into the late 60s, early 70s. Um, okay. Yeah, especially I got to think about like how good that defense is going to be behind him because i mean he's a high uh ground ball type now guy. look at you you got on your segue right there i put i bought brought the segue over here by the way we don't use segways we, we use those scooters now but we are going to segue on to that i love that you brought that up because that's my biggest quibble with your marcus stroman rank i've got him 94 you have him 67 i'm actually pro stroman i'm pro stro i'm, I'm a fan i really do like him but that defense, defense is so yeah. dreadful that because I got the exact question in the ch- in my comments of like, why do you have him so low? And I was like, listen, I do like Stroman. This is not an anti-Stroman take. It's an anti-defense take. And he felt that effect right when he got there. His hits per nine went from 8.5 to 9.8. His BABIP went from 293 to 337. And it's the same defense that it was last year. Alonzo Cano. Rom, uh, Rosario and then um, third base is going to be McNeil. Jeff McNeil and Rosario improved but even if he were plus even if even if I gave you plus at shortstop that's only one position so that's why I'm nervous on Stroman you've got him 67 I think that's a bit too high with that terrible defense and unless you believe that the strikeout rate is either going to maintain at 23% which it was with the Mets or go up and kind of counterbalance his need for defense there where did I have him compared to you? You had him at 67 to my 94, so we almost have him 30 spots apart. Yeah, I I, I, I think, think you have him one. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily 30 spots. This is, this is peak glob talk right here because yeah. I think it's one glob. I think you have him in a glob higher than I do. I want him down in the, in the next tier there uh, of similarly talented guys where even maybe though, you would start even that. Though, even if he regresses, like I don't. Like I, I know the defense is isn't great, but the, it's bad. Let's, yeah. Don't say isn't great. No, say bad. I, I understand, but uh, at the same time, the bullpen is better, so maybe he has a shot at getting a few more wins and not having those blown. Particularly since not only is New York's better, but he'll get the full year with it as opposed to yeah. being with Toronto last year. That's a good call out. So. That was one of the reasons why I kind of I gave a bump to I think all Mets pitchers. Uh, yeah, I think that because, it's going to be better. That I think Diaz alone is going to be like he can't be that bad. I just don't no. think he will. Well, and and I mean they've made additions and you know Lugo uh, was fantastic and I just 
Yeah, the the defense is really bad behind him, and uh, he is a guy he, that depends on that on that defense with his you know fifty to sixty percent ground ball rate. So he probably should drop, and I just it's a hard he's kind of a hard guy to pin down in terms of it is where because I mean you know he's obviously not nearly as good as his three twenty two ERA was last year, um, especially with the defense behind him. But well, he, most of that was made in Toronto, which was kind of impressive because he's on the turf there with a mediocre defense. With, yeah, with a bad defense. Well, yeah, mediocre because he had Galvis, who's a good shortstop, but mm-hmm. Vlad, who's a bad third baseman. and uh, Biggio actually played played plus, and I don't know how much – actually, I don't I know how much Biggio, of his season was yeah. with Biggio. No, he had like yeah, Brandon yeah. Drury. No, so it was one guy. You're right. It was Galvis only, which helps because it's the Definitely. most important position. But like I said, even if we gave him just Rosario being plus, here's one thing I will say. Uh, actually, never mind. It was at second base because I was going to say they had one guy. Uh, baseball Savant just re- released infield outs above average, a new metric. They used to have outfield only. Uh, they had one guy with a plus outs above average. It was Jeff McNeil, but it was at second base. So if he could carry it over to third base, that could maybe give him a decent left side if Rosario carries in some of his second half improvements. He was bad for the year, minus six uh, for Rosario. But all reports and even just the eye test showed that he was better in the second half. Let's see if he can hold that improvement. He was definitely better in the second half. And, I mean, Rosario was a guy that coming up was supposed to be an above average fielder. Yes. he wasn't a guy that people expected to struggle the way he did. And so I think the improvements are kind of expected. I don't know necessarily that and he's only 24. So I don't know that necessarily that he's going to take a huge jump forward, but if he can just hold the gains that we saw at the end, McNeil can be a solid third baseman. Uh, and then Cano is a statue at, you know, 74 at second base. So obviously four years old, right? I think the, I think the uh, the projections are pretty pretty spot on, or pretty close to spot on. So we're talking for like, Strowman. Yeah, so we're talking about a guy uh, with like a three ninety, three eighty ERA. Mm-hmm. What's so, the whip? Uh, I lost. I, I lost my page, unfortunately. Oh, I got it. I got it here. One thirty five. One yeah. Five. So three three ninety one thirty five again. He's going to be one of those guys where the ERA is solid, the WHIP's challenging, but um, you know I I you can do by month by the way on this uh, infield outs above average, and it does it does fact check our uh, our Rosario situation uh, as he did improve in July, August, and September, and he was much better there. So you know we'll see if McNeil can take his second base. Obviously playing second and third are two different positions, but if he's solid at third. I feel a little bit better about somebody like Stroman who relies so much on the defense behind him. And if he holds those strikeout gains, that could be interesting. He did have a small swinging strike rate jump from 10 to 11%. That would be a career high if he held it all year. We'll see. I like Stro. I think maybe we should meet in the middle. I think you should be lower, but I should probably even be a little bit higher. I can I can agree to that, and maybe we meet in the yeah. high uh, low 80s, high 70s somewhere. Maybe, yeah, maybe, I think maybe I probably put him 72, move move Arturizzi in, in the bunch up. Uh, okay, and then I would move him, let's see. If I moved him into the, like, Hamels, Caleb Smith, Bassett, Canning, Lyles group, that's in the 75 to 79 range. Again, then we're, then we're right there. We're right there. 
All right. So now let's get into a couple of studs here that we have, uh, or, or at least they're treated as studs. Um, and I say that mainly for this first guy, because I think the second guy is a stud. I'm just not as as studded out on him as others are. But Trevor Bauer, we have a a rather sharp 18-point difference. There are other guys that are different, but it's just a lot of these like Cal Wright, Kevin Gossman. I, I wanted to get some of the higher-end guys here. So um, 18 spots when you're talking... 23 to 41 is a little bit more impactful than when you're talking about, um, you know, 26 spots for Kevin Gossman, 88 to 114. So let's talk about Trevor Bauer here. I've made the comp that I'm going to stick with because I think it's I think it's accurate is that he is a higher volume right handed Robbie Ray where he has the one brilliant season is the one brilliant season, but otherwise wildly inconsistent bunch of strikeouts. And what else? He has one season below the four ERA. It was the, it was the gem. It was great. Robbie Ray has one of those too. And again, he's better than Ray because he's a higher volume bet. Ray's had a lot of injury issues. Bauer stayed healthy, so you're going to get better volume. But then it goes back to your original point about Bundy of like, but if the volume's coming on mediocre to bad ratios. Yeah, almost not ex- as excited about it, except that it does help with the strikeouts for somebody like uh, like Bauer, who had 253 last year, 221, 196 the two previous years in 175 and 176 innings, respectively. So you like that aspect, but I mean, last four years, 426, 419, 221, 448 on the ERA, 131, 137, 109, 125 on the whip. Tell me he's not right-handed, higher-volume Robbie Ray. Well, I mean, he what he is is uh, uh, my comp for him. Because uh, I, I think maybe that's a bit bit brutal. Uh, though I see where you're coming from, and I don't necessarily think you're 100% wrong. Uh, but the comp that I've always used for him is he is the pitcher version of B.J. Upton. Um, oh, my God. God, that's I I, I, li- I like the cross uh, the, the cross position comp there yeah. where you're going to a hitter there. I like that. Uh, explain that. Go ahead. The, the rationale behind that is BJ Upton would tweak it and change his swing and change yep. what he was doing every uh, pitch. E- every e- yeah every week. Like he would he would find something that works. And you'd be like, great, just keep doing that. He goes, nah, dog, watch nah, this. Nah, I fell for four you know? one day. I got to fix it. <laughs> and, but that was my biggest concern mm-hmm. about Bauer going into last year. I said, he's a that's, tinkerer. I think he's going to tinker himself yep. out of success. So uh, he, here is my – and, yes, I should probably move him down uh, just for to make it more aesthetically pleasing. But I don't think there's a huge difference between – 21 and 35 sure for, for me at least on my rankings so like the difference between chris paddock I did 20 to 34 so your your, yeah. your point is fair so like it's really just a matter of who who you prefer you know uh but that being said when he came into the season he pitched really well last year uh oh, two, yeah 245 era first month of the season uh, first half ERA was uh, three six one. Then he you, uh, he obviously started tinkering with stuff uh, and changing things. And I I'm hoping that driveline being on site for him yes is something that 
will help him kind of maintain good changes or identify bad ones very quickly. And so, and that's, that's something that's hard to quantify. And I, I, the projections obviously can't pick that up. Uh, So I'm banking on that a little bit. That being said, he probably, it's hard because like, I love Brandon Woodruff, but like there, there's risk with Brandon Woodruff. Um, sure. So, like, am I pushing him? How, like, how far down should I be pushing him? Uh, especially because it is part of that blob uh, of of just guys as what I would consider like the SP twos, SP threes. That really is just not a huge difference. However, that being said, like, that's where I'm going to be drafting a lot of my pitchers from. My, you know, a common strategy I've used this year is three hitters and then attack pitching, like, you know, like two or three straight pitchers. So if you're going to draft him, you your other ace or your other, you know, you know, starting pitcher two or whatever has to be a guy who's much more stable. Yes. Yeah, we, we talk about doing these SP pairs and and making sure that, you know, the way you're building your, your team uh, marries up well. Uh, and I think that that's very important and uh, definitely something that, you know, you take a more super stable guy at the front end, you get to Grom, then you can make Bauer your number two and you can take on that volatility and, and hope that he can recapture 2018. Uh, you make a good point. Kyle Body is going to be a part of the Reds organization this year. And uh, Derek Johnson in general, I do really like now Bauer's not known for uh, loving coaching, but I think if He's perhaps there's somebody who can get to him with, 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 uh, with body for yeah, sure, with body in, in the drive and line uh, kind of I, mentality. And I feel like if if a pitching coach could maybe get to him, it might be the the guy who's regarded as arguably the best one in the game in Johnson. So uh, we could see some factors there with Cincinnati uh, for the full year that that help Bauer get back on track to to eighteen. But again, I'm coming in a bit more skeptical. I, I just I, I just don't want to pay the premium for him right now. And he's going as the 26th pitcher off the board. And I think I can actually eyeball that uh, only haters going ahead. So that's 25th among starters there, which is even a, a little bit lower than you've got him. But it's 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 too rich for my blood right now. I think I would rather have uh, – well, I know and I'd I rather think- have because I rank them higher. Barrios, Paxton, Kluber, Gray, etc. And I think that's fair. Like, it's, it's not uh... – I think this is an area in which there's going to be times where I take Brios over Bauer. You yeah. Know, or I take Soroka You're not over married Bauer. to like only Bauer yeah. right there. Again, it gets into the common thread that we keep talking about with regards to the glob and everything. And that, that that's a driving force behind all of this, all of this drafting here. And it makes sense. Um, all right. Anything else on Bauer? All right. Well, it's time because this was probably my most <laughs> discussed player yesterday. Uh, if you want to jump in the comments or on Twitter, I'm answering everything I can. And if you did put something, I didn't answer it. Give me a little nudge and I'll make sure to go find it because uh, I, I literally tried to answer every question or, or comment that I could. But Jack Flaherty was the most uh, hotly debated player of my rankings because I ranked him 20th. You have him 10. His ADP is hilariously sixth among starters. Yes, yeah, wow, six, six bias. is a bit rich. I I gotta imagine that recency bias has finally passed cocaine as as the best <laughs> drug. It's a hell because of a drug. I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. Now I don't want to boil this down to 
the only good flair he's ever done was this second half because he was good in his rookie year. He was yeah, damn he, good. He was, he was. So I don't want to. And... Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it look like I'm only saying that. However, to get him into this ace territory, I do believe that that is on the strength of a single half of excellent, excellent work. But I didn't really see any substantial skill changes. And I'm not saying that he was the luck. I don't want to just boil it down to luck. I kind of hate when people do that. You know, Babip and left on base rate as as just pure luckometers. I don't think that that's how it works either. His slider was untouchably brilliant. His fastball uh, was made better by said slider. However, I think there is an element of run hot there that cannot be repeated. Like, I don't think he's going to maintain the 142 batting average against and 95% left on base rate there. And I don't think others are expecting him to be that good, but he's got to be pretty darn good to be the sixth best pitcher off the board or even 10 where you have him. I think it's too soon to anoint Jack Flaherty as an unquestioned ace. What say you, good sir? Oh, I mean, (laughs) I... I was just so impressed watching him pitch, and every time I watch him watch a start from that second half, he he looks untouchable. Uh, so sexy, it really was. It, it, it really is, and uh, I you know he's in a good organization with a good catcher uh, that I think can help him continue some of those gains. That being said, like even I'm not like saying he's a top five or six pitcher. That's uh, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like I. That it just and I was high on him last year, so like I had him as a top fifteen pitcher coming into last year ish. I remember exactly where I had him. I don't think I was that high, but you know I I was very high on him and Clevenger coming into last year. Loved Clev dog, Uh, and I wish I had gotten more shares uh, of of Flaherty uh, because my season probably would have ended up better. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So uh, that being said, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I can under. I can totally understand why he's going where he's going. I mean, there is a ton of helium, obviously, uh, of with him. But I just I can't rationalize taking him over Clevenger, or Sale, or Snell, uh, mm-hmm. Strasburg. But there is an argument for it. So like, it, while I'm not necessarily gonna do it every time. I can, you know, you can say Chris Sale's coming in with real injury risk. Sure. Um, you know, Bieber has warts too. Clevenger missed time with injury last year. Snell missed time with injury last year. Strasburg misses time with injury every year. Um, except last year. Except for last year. Uh, Corbin, you know, has injured an injury history. Giolito has a garbage history and injury history. Uh, Nola wasn't the same. Paddock, you know, struggled down the stretch. Morton is like 70 years old. Kershaw has injuries. So, like, while I don't necessarily have Flaherty ranked as high as six, there's there's a, a real rationale to why he is ranked there. Because while he may not return the value of the sixth starter, I'm pretty sure he's going to return the value of a top 15 starter. And I think the safety alone, for me at least, makes him number 10. My concern is a two-pitch guy. I wish I was. I'd be rich. What if the the slider isn't as good? You know, what if the slider fades a bit? 
And there's no reason to assume it's and, and again when I ask this, it I'm not projecting that. I have him 20th. I'm still I'm still very much in on Flaherty as a very good pitcher. So I want to be clear on that. But I think this is one of those guys, and we get a handful of them every year where we only focus on the upside and we don't really entertain the potential downside. And for me, the potential downside is two-pitch guy, doesn't have an overpowering heater. Now it was last year, which I think, again, speaks to the slider in uh, influencing it and making it better than it was. But it's not overpowering from a velocity standpoint. A very healthy and capable 94 miles an hour. I do not want to shade that. But it's not like some 97-mile-per-hour uh, heater that he can just lean on when the slider isn't there. This show-me curve wasn't good and was only used 12% of the time. The changeup is a nothing burger. It's, no, it's 2%. <laughs> yeah, it's not there. So that puts a lot of burden on that singular pitch. And I don't know. I like I, That second half I, yeah, was so I mean, good. I would be yeah, okay. shocked to see that second pitch not be fantastic again. I mean, it's just, it's a nasty pitch. and It, it, it is. Okay, so here, here's the thing, though. As is, what if he'd have had a very good but not historical second half? Where like, it's hard to say, 10. I guess, because it's influence. <laughs> no, <laughs> he'd, he'd no. probably be like fifteen to twenty. Exactly. Um, which, but I mean, is there really at least for you? Is like there's a huge is there a huge difference between ten and twenty? Because to me, like. There's not yeah, I mean, like that's still a pretty that's still a pretty big gap, and and it, it becomes like, reliability. Reliability becomes the biggest thing there, because of I mean, of what yeah. of what I think they can bet on. And I'm looking for guys ten, that have for me deeper is, arsenals. Ten, like me ranking him ten is saying I'm not getting him. Well, yeah, because, because the of, market's yeah, because utterly market. insane on him right now. But I mean, that's... but let's put the market aside for a moment. And th- this is. You 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 kind of make my point there though. If he doesn't ha- if he didn't have a historical second half, he's not ranked. He's not going sixth or even ranked tenth by you. What yeah, did yeah, we I'm see in that? Dropping him closer to where I have him, fifteen to twenty. Twelve, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm probably putting him. I'm I'm probably moving him behind Aaron Nola, so he becomes fifteen. So I think that's like my, 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 my thing here. And listen, I'm, I'm a big Darvish guy. And so I'm getting pushback of like, why do you believe in Darvish's second half and not Flaherty's? It's not that I don't believe in it, that, that Flaherty was excellent. Again, I watched those same starts you're talking about. They belong on the hub, dude. Those are so hot. Uh, they're, they're, they're insane for Darvish though. I saw a, a more, more tangible skill changes there with regard to the pitch mix the velocity jumping up, the command and control on every single pitch. It wasn't just his walk rate went up. His approach changed. Like He completely reinvented himself there and started to adjust his pitch mix. With Flaherty, again, it, there's not too much to really adjust when you only have two pitches anyway. And so I think, again, I'm not boiling it down to luck. That, that, for me, there's a difference between unsustainable and luck. Luck says he didn't deserve it. He earned what he got. He was so filthy that he earned it, but it's clearly unsustainable. That's why I call it run hot. Like he's pitching some of the best ball of his life, but it's never going to happen again. If you're betting, you would bet that it's never going to happen again. I'd say that if it was Verlander, I'd say that if it was Cole, because eight runs across two months is 
utterly bananas, dude. But and like, so, what, is, um, what for you is the downside? Like, what? Like, really? Like, like, give me numbers. Like, don't like just because. I mean, are you saying like the downside would be if the second if that slider isn't ace most of the year, and obviously it won't have to be all thirty-two starts. Um, nobody has every pitch for all 32 starts, but I really start to look at his steamer projection of a 361 ERA, and I think the strikeouts are going to be there, right? So that that builds this. For, that's why, that's why I have him 20. I'm not I'm not yeah. hating on here. No, and I don't. Think uh, you I still are think either. this is going to be a very good pitcher. I just don't think he's going to be. He carries my rotation. Bing bang bong, unquestioned ace, which I think is what he's being treated as. So I actually lean toward these. Steamer numbers, 361 ERA, they have a 117 whip. If I were making a number, I'd say the 361.20 with a boatload of strikeouts, which is still damn good. And if it did lead your rotation, you wouldn't have a problem. That's kind of like a, a solid projection. The downside would be if that slider not completely went away but failed more often than not, now I think you're pushing a four ERA because what does he lean on then? The fastball, which I don't think it's the fastball good, but alone. It's not great. And, yeah, yeah, and for most guys, you can't only have a fastball. What could change my tune right away is if he came in the spring and had like a, a new pitch. The change up, or the cur- curveball was completely different. And it's yeah, decent and because. I- Okay, so here's my my comeback at you is using Darvish as an example. We've seen what happens when things go wrong for Darvish, and it's Mm -hmm. way worse than that. So then wouldn't it be – so then maybe I'm underselling the the negative for what Flaherty could be. I think we never fully understand how bad it can really go because it's impossible to envision sure, the complete it, meltdown scenario. But we've seen it's, it's the really hard to envision. And we're we're you know we've got a 33 year old Darvish who's going to be 34 this year. You've got mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty who's no, he's got, this is his age 33 season. He's so he might, be, he might, he might be turn 34 yeah, in August. In August, that's literally what it's his age. You said he's going to turn 34 soon. In August, did you say in August? I'm pretty sure. I don't think you did. I don't think you I'm, did. I'm totally At any rate, it it's his age. It's his age 33. Season. Uh, uh, so yeah, but you know, Flaherty's 24. Where I, I think what people without taking a, him without like, a track record, like that, without a lengthy fair. track record. And I think what people are doing by taking him as what the sixth pitcher off the board mm-hmm. uh, is saying there's room for growth from last year, <laughs> which is insane. That's insane. But yeah, th- that's, that's why that's why I have him ten because I don't necessarily. I think yeah, I you're think, not buying with the market. I think what the ceiling is is what we saw last year, which exactly. is amazing. So I'm not so I don't uh, want to pay. Sure. For the guy who are we, we we that was like one of the very first things that we talked about. Uh, I forget which pitcher it was in regards to, but when you when your co- guy coming off of his uh, with Odorizzi coming off of their best season, I don't want to pay full price there. We've already seen it. The I, the likelihood that it repeats is is not high. It's ju- it's just not particularly when you go two seventy five point ninety seven. But I I look at two thousand eighteen as kind of the floor for him in terms of like that's I, not the floor. No, maybe that's not, not the floor. But I I, yeah. I feel like a reasonable. That's your base projection. That's yeah, what you're projecting exactly. So that's, that which is different than the floor. The floor for everybody is, is total Tommy John fallout. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and even injury aside, the floor is still much lower. Yeah, sure. So, but but it's I, hard to envision mm-hmm. because you don't envision. 
things completely falling apart, right? It, yeah. it, it, it's just a. I just, uh, yeah, I don't think the slider is going anywhere. So I think I, I don't really worst, either. That's why I, he's twenty. Yeah, and I think at worst, this is a guy who is a low threes ERA pitcher with you know a twenty eight twenty seven percent strikeout rate. Uh, that's not gonna walk too many guys or give up too many home runs. Uh, is on a good team, so he's gonna get wins. Uh, and so I, I feel like there's there is a level of safety to him, especially considering he you know he's got two seasons his two seasons really in the majors he's thrown at least 151 innings, mm-hmm. whereas guys going behind him don't have that level of safety. I don't think I would necessarily disagree with that because I have him 20th. So no, again, I I, 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 I I don't think it's a bad ranking because like to me, you know I look at my you know I look at my 10 through. 20 and you know my 10 is uh is flarity and then i believe my 20 is darvish right if i mm-hmm. so i don't think there's that huge of a difference between 10 and 20 and that's why you've you know i've you know in drafts like i'm you know severino's a guy who's going later than a lot of those guys so i'm gonna end up with a lot of severino or i'm gonna end up with a lot of luis castillo or you know i mean it's i know You're... i'm not gonna end up with a lot of flarity because yeah. the market is way above me. And um, you're right. It isn't a massive difference. But when I look at all my guys that are 10 through 19, they all have a deeper arsenal. Yeah. But they and all have – let's see. T- oh, okay, cool. You've got it. Thank you for uh, sorting it by your ranking. So, <laughs> yeah, t- Bieber, Corbin, Kershaw, But they've Morton. all got – outside of Castillo, they've all got big warts, either injury – um, or performance. So on the injury thing, I don't think that they have bigger injury concerns than Flaherty. If you're a pitcher, you have an injury concern. I think outside of the guys who have chronic things, if you want to ding Kershaw a little bit more because of the chronic back, I'm with you. But other than that, I think it needs to be kind of an equal floor uh, in uh, a level playing field on the injury stuff I, because uh, we just don't know. And I, I, and, I see what you're saying. Like I, I'm not. I think there's a difference between saying that Flaherty doesn't have injury risk and those guys do, rather than they have bigger injury. They've risk. been hurt. They've yeah, because I mean, injury is the is the big precursor to injury, right? And sure. obviously, pitching is a precursor to injury because it's not a natural motion. Uh, you know, we were our bodies weren't built to throw a hundred miles Open an hour. Hands. Yeah, I mean. A hundred times, times a day yeah. for thirty, you know, thirty days in a six-month span. So obviously, pitching in general is a precursor to injury. But you can't tell me that Strasburg doesn't have a, a higher likelihood of being injured than Jack Flaherty. I just don't buy that it, argument. But or Luis Severino, who was a guy I love. But statistically, they don't. Statistically, they don't. Jeff's work says it's like 45% for just about everybody outside of chronic, which I don't know all of Strasburg. Strasburg might actually have some chronic because I think the neck has been a persistent issue. So I'd, I'd agree with you on Strasburg. Um, I, I, I would not want to strongly make this case, but I do wonder sometimes on a guy who hasn't been injured are we almost not like? Shouldn't we almost be waiting for the shoe to drop on well, that? Like that, how often? I think that's the ar- another argument too to to make because, you know, I, I you know I subscribe to kind of the uh, you know limited bullets, 
uh, yeah. <laughs> theory, which Something's is... going to happen at some point yeah. outside of the, the horses that just make it somehow, like a Nolan Ryan and uh, sort of a Verlander, but not quite. He had the core surgery that didn't take him out for that uh, of time for the season, but it, it limited him that season when he had it in the, March. The guys so that even haven't he... been hurt are the anomalies. Absolutely. Like, that's, I mean, that's what Absolutely. it comes that, down to. Uh, so I totally, I, I'm, I totally agree with that, and I'm not going to discount that. Uh, but at the same time, he's healthy and he's been healthy. I mean, uh, some of these guys have been injured as you know, as, as recently is. as last year. Yeah, yeah, like you know, three so, months ago. Yeah, um, or so. not three, but you know what I mean. I got a question for you though. Um, so you take his 18, 2018 for Jack Flaherty. Where do you think that ranked among starters? Uh, probably twenty second. 28th which would be perfectly fine though it doesn't have to be that you know even me ranking him 20th we, we've talked about this many a time that doesn't mean they have to be 20 to pan out if i rank if i rank somebody 20 and i draft him and he finishes at the 28th best starter that's a w for me right yeah. you know it, the, the give or take is like what 10 15 rankings um it's just a matter of if you draft him as the 20th starter and he's the 60th okay then i took an l or like you, i, or I you get got 40, that. 45 innings and exactly you, that's what yes, you're taking yeah. and i just i feel comfortable i'm going to get 200 quality innings from jack flaherty like it, it like it may not be sub 3 era but i'm going to get strikeouts the ERA is not going to hurt the ERA and whip are not going to hurt me in any sense. And I should, uh, get, you know, obviously helped. And I have the potential for him to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, so to me, I, I just feel more comfortable. I feel like he's a, just a, got a safer floor than a guy like, uh, I, I mean, obviously Kershaw because of, of all the injury issues. I think the argument becomes like, should I have Corbin above him? Like, should I have Luis Castillo above him? And I can I can understand going, okay, maybe I should move him down to 13 or 12, but I, I just don't trust Strasburg, and maybe I've just been burnt one too many times by him. Sure. Uh, well, to, and, to, you know, to throw another 200 innings. Well, it, exactly. And, you know, going back to what I've said, if I'm going to fact check it on myself, Strasburg – coming off of a career year i got him eighth maybe i should have him down a little bit to say hey let's let's not fully buy into the career year and and pretend that that's his new level i mean the skills he's never been bad yeah yeah but i mean health but the ip have bounced around like crazy yeah and i mean Uh, we talk about you know i mean i you know you talk about how uh flaherty is the number 28th pitcher if we use uh, his 2018 as kind of the baseline. Like, let's use Strasburg's 2018, which was a 3.74 ERA at 130 innings. Let me see. You know, uh, so I mean, I he, he's like he's not even 30. top 40 pitcher at that point. Hang on, I'm gonna get you your exact number here. I think you're right, though. Yeah, I think you're exactly almost almost nailed it. 31, 32, 33, 34. He's yeah. the 44th pitcher. So, I mean, Although I'll say 43rd because Seth Lugo's there, and I don't think he should be qualified under the starters. But that's neither here nor there. Your point is well taken. Um, I tell you what, I'm looking, you know, as we're having this whole Flaherty discussion, that whipped the last two years. What? Okay, so what the hell happened in the first half of, of 19 then? I guess as I'm looking at it, like 
April wasn't exactly grand at a 406, 123, but nobody was hitting the, I, I would have never tell, told anybody to hit the panic button. He was actually good in May, 345, 112, but then 701, 136 in June. So maybe it was just one bad month inflated that second half. He made whatever adjustments off of that and then took off. So, you know, okay. I, I feel like I could probably bump him a couple spots here. But maybe I, above I also don't Frankie, think you, but I love Syndergaard. I don't think you need to. I, I like I no, said, like I'm the, fine the, with the whole him at difference between twenty and fifteen or twenty and even ten. Like I said, I, I don't think there is that huge of a difference. It becomes personal preference and it's how you want to build, build a yep. team. So. Yep, and what what you what you favor. And for me, it's it's uh, depth of arsenal is is a big factor there, and that's why he ended up Flaherty ended up lower. But if you start to talk about reliability, and then like I said, I'm looking at that whip now. It's two two sub two hundred average seasons. You ain't fluking your way to that. That's that's difficult to nobody's barreling barreling Flaherty. I think so my, that is, my uh, argument nice. becomes less about where you're ranking Flaherty in terms of top 20 and where you're ranking this whole in, tier in terms of ADP. Is That's a good call, yeah. Is, I think to me it's more important if I'm not going to get like one of the top six or seven starters, I'm just going to wait. And, uh, and uh, you know, I hope, to, I hope that a guy like Scherzer falls to me in the second round or, uh, you know, maybe – you know, DeGrom falls to me, uh, you know, late big, first. yeah, in the late first. And then I can go, okay, now I can really worry about hitting uh, and not worry about pitching for a little while. Or I can do like that double aces strategy that bat flip, uh, flip crazy uh, has been like really promoting over on his podcast. Uh, but at, at the, Toby's a beast, man. Yeah, he's, he's such he's a good a, player. He is. Uh, he's a fantastic player and a really cool guy too. So if you, mm-hmm. if you have never checked out bat flip crazy pod, go, go check that out. Um, but that, that being said, like this is, you know, you and me were both out on Flaherty in terms of the price. We're just not yeah, going to get him. We're just not getting him. And we're we're okay. just not. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. So there's that discussion. And again, you can find a lot more in the comments of my, uh, of my post and on Twitter. Cause uh, again, he was the hottest topic there, but uh good discussion here. I think, I think we've, we've kind of fleshed it out and I'm really I, I'm, I've softened, and I do actually think I should bump him a few spots here over a couple guys. I think one in particular that I'm definitely questioning is uh, I think Flaherty needs to be ahead of Giolito, who I have at 16. So, uh, all right, now kind of open question. Yeah, can we talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple guys. Um, let's let's both start. Uh, I just want to give us both a round of applause for for both having D- Denolis and Lamet at 55. Love it! Like I just, love it, and actually, and we have Julio. Surprised we haven't gotten more hate for that. Um, oh, Wait, I'm both... sure we will. Yeah, uh, because uh, the Lamet truthers out there are tough. They're a tough crowd, man. And he's the 35th pitcher off the board with uh, Osuna, Chapman, Yates, Hater. So four guys. So that's 31st starter. So we're a good bit off the market on Denelson Lamet. And um, you you want to talk about depth of arsenal and and lack thereof. There's your guy right there. And I, I like I dig what he can do. He can get you strike like that's that's pretty much locked in. But he's a career 437, 125. And I know he finished really strong, but he had 37 total innings. So how much can I parse what he did last year 
when it was only 73 innings to begin with. So obviously you and I see eye to eye here in with like a third pitch, uh, into spring, I'll be like, okay, even if it's another guy. Yep. Even if it's just like showable, like it doesn't have to be, uh, (laughs) it doesn't have to be something that's fantastic or even can use it. Eight to ten percent, like yes. you said, a show me pitch. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's literally a two pitch guy. He threw a changeup, one point five percent, and I bet you those were misclassified fastballs that didn't that didn't reach the <laughs> uh, the velo he was looking. I would I would I, bet. Well, I would bet on that. I mean, he throws like ninety six. So that would be hard. Hey, I mean, they, I guess they, they spun off that something yeah. happened. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I'm, 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 that's tongue in cheek there, but, but the point is he doesn't throw a changeup. He doesn't have a third pitch. And so it does put such a huge burden on the slider because the fastball isn't even that good. No, it's 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 fast, but not good. Yeah. It's straight. It's, uh, it's very hittable. Uh, but the, the slider is, is fantastic. Amazing. Uh, here's the problem. And one of the reasons I ranked him as low as I did was because I think Mackenzie Gore has a real shot at coming up and getting into this rotation early on in the season. And, and, and you've said, go I, ahead, finish I, your thought. I think Lamette is a guy Good. that oh. yeah, should be in the bullpen, would be a fantastic uh, you know, multi-inning reliever, uh, and that bullpen could use an arm like him. It would be bold, and if they went Yates, Pomeranz, Munoz, Lamette, that's hot. And, and Stammen, uh in there too, who they just resigned. I think he's shown enough, even in, in even in 187 innings as a starter, that they're just not going to do it, not yet. But man, if Gore forced his way in, and and Davies and Lucchese held their spots, I think Lucchese would be the first man out. Or let's let's be honest, Garrett Richards' injury is going to open How that spot. How dare for you! Let's be honest. Yeah, no, we could. love our boy, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. It definitely that's could, what's so. going to happen. Uh, but uh, no, uh, yeah, Lamet. I love that we both put him at. Uh, the, whenever we had equal ranks, it was it's funny because we had obviously no Garner conference before this. Uh, but by the way, seventy five. We had three in a four pick span there. Urias at fifty four. Lamet at fifty five. Uh, I had Lazardo 56. You had him 36. We, we should actually talk about him for a second. But then Mitch Keller at 57. I just love that. I, it's just so funny that we we had those three uh, out of four spots equal. But let's talk Lazardo real quick. I love Lazardo. So this is not a hate on my part. You love, love him, though. 36. Are you not concerned that, A, he doesn't start with the team, and, B, kind of gets jerked around a little bit uh, innings-wise because he didn't have many innings last year? Yeah, I didn't really think about the fact that there's, I guess, potential that he might not start with a team. Uh, I just, every time I've watched him pitch, I've just been in love with. I I adore it, dude. I'm with you a thousand percent there. If we get clarification that he, you know, let's let's say he paddocks his camp. Let's mm -hmm. let's say Lazardo goes off. I'm moving him up. So yeah. you just have the jump on me there. But as it stands right now, I have to play it a little bit more cautious because he had just 43 innings in the minors, 12 in the majors, and I think he's going to start the season in AAA well, for Jesus Lazardo. The question becomes, and I mean it's the A's, so the A's will throw me out there into the rotation, but uh, <laughs> if they need to. Uh, I don't know you, that they should got, learn that I'm, cutter from the Welsh. You should yes. learn the Welsh's cutter, and then yes. you'll be fine. I've got like the opposite build of a starting pitcher. 
Like I have super short arms and a Bartolo build. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know that they. I I think if they sign a pitcher between now, a starting pitcher between now and opening day, that's a sign that he's not starting with the team. But until they do, I'm gonna go with the assumption and roster resources with me uh, that he's starting in the rotation because if that, their triple A rotation is triple A. The triple A rotation is there's not really anybody unless they unless Paul Blackburn is somehow going to jump well, on yeah. the rotation uh, that is on the forty man that should be thrown in over there. Caprellian's coming off a ton of injuries. Grant Holmes yep. is still too raw. Uh, I don't, By the way, don't sleep on Grant Holmes um, I, as, I like as Grant somebody Holmes who could make an impact this year, mm-hmm. but not breaking nowhere near breaking that's, camp. I'm, that's not, I'm just former, saying him as a former, you know, high pedigree guy yep. was with the Dodgers. I was a huge fan of his when he was Same. younger. Uh, he's, definitely, he's definitely starting to put things back together because he just, he's put, just put a little star in, when you're in deeper leagues grand Holmes, but uh yeah puck's not going to come in over lazardo if it's between those two puck loses out so unfortunately is, i'd I mean, love to see both in. could it be dalton i don't think dalton jeffries is either no. so uh, they have if if he's not starting in the rotation we'll know because they'll sign someone so until they'll they sign someone i'm going under the assumption that he's starting in the rotation uh or or, or it could be the standard don't need a fifth, fifth for the for first while. part of the season. Well, let's go look at the MLB schedule. I'm bringing it up right now. You read my mind here. In fact, if you beat me to it, that's fine because I actually mistyped something there. But, yeah, let's see. If they start on the at home, I think it would be more likely that uh, they won't have as many off days since they're out west. Although Oakland's not you know super warm weather. But, uh, yeah, let's see what kind of off days they have early in Oakland here. All right. So they go, uh, yeah, no, they start on a pretty, pretty long stretch. So yeah, they do four game stretch versus Minnesota. Uh, then straight to a three game stretch against Houston. They don't even get an off day for travel. Uh, no, right away. They go to, Minnesota, go to Minnesota, Minnesota for their home opener mm-hmm. and get one day off there though, because obviously Minnesota, you so have to be go. careful with an early so April. That's that eight straight game. They're going to need a fifth starter. Yep. Uh, unless they plan on doing a bullpen game or two. Maybe. But uh, then they have that off day and then five more games off day. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine more games. Yeah, they're going to so, need a hey, starter right away. So there you go. I think un- unless That's they sign news. someone. Now, obviously, the A's are notorious at blocking their own guys so usually it's well they hitters. could sign some andrew cash or crap like I, I could see something like that like a tiny signing and he's the fifth starter to try to give him a shot i hope not though because they've got two guys who could be awesome this year in puck and lazardo and i'm with you on the lazardo excitement i'm just tempering it a little bit because of normal shenanigans that that teams pull including oakland Sure, and I mean they're and they're an organization that really feels like they have to do it. I don't think any organization has to do it. Yes, yes. but yeah, they they, they could they, go they get like more. a like you said, Cashner or Vargas. Yeah, uh, some trash. Yeah. Or yeah, like a I don't know. I think oh, Taiwan Walker would be interesting, but uh, uh I, every team should be after there? him. Yeah, I I don't know. I wonder if either a he doesn't want just a one year deal, maybe something on his end. Or B, which would be more concerning, if the medicals aren't that sharp, and teams are just saying, "Hey, it's got to be the medicals because that, that's, that's 
that's I'm just unfortunate. Yeah, twenty-seven year old who's shown some real talent in the past. He needs to be on a team, and I think literally every team should be interested, whether it's a rebuilder like the Marlins and Tigers to a contender like the A's and Astros. Like I, I think all the way, and I'm not saying the A's and the Astros are the two best teams; those are just the two first two that came to my head. But uh, all right, anybody else that you want to uh, that you want to t- talk about here that we either why, have a difference on or we're the why, same why do you on, hate whatever. Lance Lynn. I don't. What did he do to you? Uh, nothing. I, I quite like him. And I, I did get a little pushback there saying that I should have had uh, Lynn over Minor. I actually I pair them. I got him 39 and 40. Uh, but you have – we actually both have Minor 39. But you have Lynn 29. I don't hate him. I think you're just uh, – you're very high on him, which I respect. I'm actually uh, – I'm, I'm on board con- for that. Concrete chain, uh, change. Yes, he did. He's had, what, like 18 months of being a – you know, pretty close to – Thank you for pitcher. not just saying that it was last year because he was amazing. Skills wise with New York, the results weren't there uh, because of a 364 BABIP, but he had a 217 FIP in those 54 innings. So, as you say, that's now 264 innings or 262 innings of elite skills that Lance Lynn has had. So, so I just um, and I, I, don't, I can't remember where he's going in NFBC leagues right he now. He is the 48th pitcher, and you know, there's probably five or six relievers ahead of him. So somewhere around 42. So closer to where I have him, but I don't hate your 29 ranking. I am. What I like about it is that that's a guy you believe in and you're not going to have to pay that premium. I love guys like that, that I'm higher on than the market. And I know I don't have to pay that, that price. Yeah. No, I, yeah, just, uh, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised you had him that low, but it's also, again, another, there's a lot of blobs this year. That's I think, of course. So, uh, won't beat you up too much. Uh, why do you hate Garrett Richards? Come on, dude. How many times <laughs> do we have to get burned by this? But, but no, no pitcher I has don't. more injury risk than other pitchers. Unless it's chronic, I said. <laughs> How dare you? Unless it's chronic. I, uh, you're right. I agree with that. But unless it's chronic, so I have him 87. You have him 60. You're just you're you're putting the prayer out there, and I am I'm being a little bit more cautious. But he, you know damn well that I love him. But he and he's one of those guys too. If you're going to put the prayer on him, you can't put the prayer on a bunch of other guys too. So exactly. You, you have to pick and choose your prayers. Uh, you know, he he's a guy to take that shot on. Uh, but then you got to ignore taking a shot on someone like Lance McCullers. Yeah. So. That's uh, or, or or like bet on AJ Puck and hold him for a while. Um, let's talk. We've talked about him in the past, but I actually want to see if you can maybe sell me on moving him higher because I don't dislike him and I, I I kind of forget. I know you like him. I just want to get your rundown on Andrew Heaney. I've got him sixty seven, which I think I'm I'm pro I'm pro Heaney because he's at the well maybe not maybe I'm market value because he's the seventy fourth pitcher so probably around where he's going maybe even a little bit lower than where his market is among starting pitchers you have him 43rd though i want to see if you're going to say the one thing i really love about uh heaney and the angels pitchers but uh give us your rundown of him because you are a long time fan but what do you like so much that that has you ranking him as a top 45 guy this is one of those guys i don't think the numbers do justice to the way he looked coming back from injury last year Come to the eye test. Uh, yeah, and I, I know people don't like when we say things <laughs> like that. Um, but, but why? Of course you have to. You know, I, I've never been like, you got to be full numbers or you, you should never be fully one way or the other. No. And I, I think it was, oh, God, who was it? It was, was it 
was it Frank Stamfel or um, either Frank Stamfel or Mike Florio, uh, uh, like tweeted out like, what is your like you know percentage between you know eye test and, uh, and and you know using numbers to you know do projections and, and evaluations of players, and for me like watching a pitcher like I have a difference between my pitching and hitting like I, I definitely use my eye test a lot more on watching a pitcher than I do. Oh, for uh, sure. For a hitter. So mainly because I don't know what to look for as a hit and hitters. Yeah, I, I can't not analyze like swing mechanics. Yeah. Nope. Uh, no idea what the hell I'm looking so, for there, unless it's. I rely on obvious. guys like Sammy Reed and uh, and, yep. and and things like and you know people like that, um, people who are smarter than me. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I think you know I, the fastball was better last year. I know that there was some the, some bumps in the road, uh, but I think the Angels, especially you know since coming back from the injury, have been forced to leave him out there longer, uh, and and kind of make him pitch through spots in ways that they wouldn't necessarily do if they had a stronger rotation, which they should hopefully now. Because they um, added Dylan Bundy, baby. Yeah, because they had a Dylan Bundy. Um, I mean, if you look at his first time through the order, he's a two uh, ERA pitcher. Second time through the order last year, he was four point seven. The third time through the order, he was twelve eighteen. Like he just Holy got crushed. Uh, so he's Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, he got he got crushed because they had they did not have a uh, short enough leash on a guy who has struggled with injuries over the course of the last few years. And, and luckily yep. they didn't break him again. Uh, but I, I trust that Madden will be a little bit smarter with his usage uh, and get the most out of him. Uh, and again, he's, he's a guy that I've been on since he was pretty much drafted. So yeah, you, like, you've I, been a big Heaney guy forever. Now you didn't mention the one thing that I absolutely love. That's giving me an extra boost for all these guys, Bundy, Heaney, even Tehran canning Sandoval, if he gets in and of course, Otani, that infield defense is so sexy, dude. Yes, it is. It is so, particularly the left side with Simmons and Rendon. Uh, but and even David Adele Fletcher up, playing second. Like the outfield defense yep. pretty good too. So I made I made that exact comment in in one of my comments when someone was asking about a uh, uh, an Anaheim uh, player. I was like, infield's already great, and then two thirds of the outfield will be strong when Adele comes up. And Upton can be all right. He, I would never put him as like a pro oh, no. a plus defender, not but his he's agent. not a bumbling idiot no. uh, more often than not either. So they could have a really sharp defense by the time everything gets clicking there in, uh, in Anaheim for the angels. Yeah. And I mean, I think people forget that he's still only 28 years old. Like there's still, yep. and I mean, he's lost a lot of his career thus far to injury. So, I mean, there's obviously a huge amount of risk and he's another one of those guys that you can't, pair with a McCullers or a Richards because there is a chance that he only throws a hundred innings. Uh, that being said, I think there is a chance he can throw 150 and be, those be very, very quality. Uh, and you're not having to pay the price for him. He, uh, Andrew, he's a game log guy too. He only had 18 starts, right? So you want to dig in and kind of see the makeup of that 491 ERA. And it's really five blowups that really pushed it up. Six, six, five, five, five. And um, two of those were in fewer than four innings. The others were five, five and two thirds and six. So that really pushes it up. And it's never that those don't count. I never say that to say, well, just throw those out because I want to. 
it's that I love a guy who's more dominant than not and then has you know a couple crummy starts that mess things up because I feel like fixing the crummy starts is a much better, uh, much more plausible path to growth than if you're just mediocre, you know, I don't know what, 22 out of your, your 30 starts and then you have a few good ones and a few duds. I love a guy like like Heaney here who has, what is it, 11 of his 18 starts that were three or fewer earned runs, a couple fours, and then those five duds there. Fix the duds, and all of a sudden we got something to really work with. Plus, his strikeout rate took a jump last year. Um, he won't need as much of the strikeout rate if he's working with that defense as well. So there's a lot to like with Heaney. And again, I don't even necessarily feel that I fully disagree with your ranking there. That's just you putting your flag where I'm a little bit more cautious, but uh, I, I do, I do like him. So I'm, I'm, I'm mostly with you there, just not quite yeah. as high. And remember two of those blowups were at the end of the season where yep. they had September no, was they had rough. No arms left. On they this. called me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I couldn't make it in time. I wanted to do it. I was going to do you it. Know, I mean, if, if we, if we take the stretch before that kind of, uh, devastation, um, you know, where he got rocked in the last month. So we go just from when he debuted in May, at the kind of uh, end of May through the end of August. He was a 3.95 ERA pitcher with 11 strikeouts per nine, under Damn. three walks per nine. See, that's really sharp, and it was a really tough September. You can talk about fatigue factor there, too. Uh, there, there are factors that you can say, and again, it's not excuses. You're not wiping it away but you're understanding it better. And that's why I like to do game log analysis and kind of see, you know, what was it? Was it something that uh, that's fixable and, and kind of go from there. All right. Anybody else that you wanted to bring up? Oh, I mean, we didn't have a ton of huge differences. You and I usually see pretty eye to eye on things and we tend to rein each other in one way or another when we don't. Which so, we're going to be doing, we're going to put that to the test this year yeah. because we're going to be in labor mix together. Jason's uh, moving up. I think he's going to the AL League, so that way he's in AL labor and AL tout. That should work pretty well for him being in both auctions. And like I've so done you and I are partnering up. Thing in you know in my time five years in the industry is I have found a sneaky backdoor into getting into things. So it's, uh, happy to have you as a partner because we do <laughs> see eye to eye, and and I think we're both well, and you know are like willing to life. budge on things. Yeah, people like the live uh, recordings too. So, which we will definitely be doing. So, the way we're gonna do it, I think the draft is like in a month, dude. It usually is. It's usually like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Correct. Uh, I think the fourth or the eleventh might be the draft this year. So, so the way we'll do skip it. Skip school is what I'll have to do. Yeah, I love it. We'll do a prep draft uh, podcast. Podcast where we'll talk about all our strategies. And then we'll do a live one. We'll release them both on the same day, one in the morning, one at night after the draft. Obviously, we're not going to release our prep one before the draft because we're not stupid. So you'll get to hear what we're trying to do, guys we're targeting, guys we're laying off, what our plan is from whatever pick we get. Then you'll actually hear our strategy going through it all. That I think I'll, I'll probably stream that on Twitch too, so you'll be able to watch it live if you can, but it will also be a podcast. So we'll be doing that next month. <clears throat> but um, as you mentioned, we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, and when we don't, I think we're pretty good about uh, explaining our side to the other and at least making them understand where we're coming from, even if we don't fully agree there uh, at the end. I, I wanted to ask you about one more guy. Uh, were you about to ask me about somebody? Oh, I can't remember or not. You go ahead okay, and ask. Sorry, me and, and I, I'll, uh... I I cut you off there because I want to talk about yeah, labor. But um, one guy that I think this is kind of Heaney-esque, where I'm 
I'm the flag leader. You're close behind, but a little bit more cautious is Ross Stripling. I got him 46. You got him 65. Do you still love Ross Stripling the way you did last year? I do love Ross Stripling. The only problem with Ross Stripling is what team he plays for. Correct. And I figured that that's what it was. Let me sell you a little bit though you don't have to sell me it's not well, a I, not on of... not on his skills but on on his volume okay i don't i don't think we're gonna have as big of a concern this year first off ryu's gone that right there really helps things because it was kershaw bueller maeda ryu locked and loaded at least maeda for the first uh four to five months until they start jerking him around so rasa resource has rius and stripling already penciled in i understand our boy nelson's there there's Dustin May and Gonsolin. I think Stripling ranks ahead of Gonsolin in May and Nelson right now because of Nelson's health. I think he's going to get at least the first like three months to start. And again, we're only looking at the first half of the season anyway with these rankings. We can adjust as we see fit. I think our boy's going to get some some uh, the reins turned loose a little bit on him for the first part of the season. And if he dominates the way we believe he can, you and I uh, have been longtime stripling believers, and the way his skills suggest that he can pretty much throughout his entire career, I think he could maintain the roster spot or the rotation spot throughout the season. Uh, I so agree I'm actually with you. excited about him this year. I'm excited about him too, and I will have shares. It's just it's hard to believe that the Dodgers won't screw with him. I know. Especially because another has... factor though. Do you know the other factor? Uh no. Ten day to fifteen day yes, IL they can't yes. play as many games. Doesn't mean they won't try. Correct. They'll find something to do it. But I, I think that that does help us with the yo yoing. So again I, there I is think some too what also thing. helps is the addition of Jimmy Nelson because he's gonna play a long relief role at least to start so they don't need to move Stripling into kind of a long reliever role. So, yeah, maybe I, – I mean, I just got so burnt by Stripling last year. No, I feel you. And, uh, again, I, I, I think it's, an, it's a reverse Heaney situation where so I'm the flag bearer. I'm the flag bearer, but you're on board, just not as high as I am. And it's it's vice versa with Heaney. You're the flag bearer. I'm trailing behind you. I love him. I just have a little bit of reservation that – influence my rankings a little bit more so that's fine we'll end up with both on our labor team there you go a little free one for those who are in our league Mm -hmm. all right anybody else you want to get into Mm. one of the guys i struggled with you know and we actually kind of surprisingly ranked him right in the same spot i mean we were one spot uh away from each other with with Shohei otani and that's it's a difficult rank because his rank can change drastically based on what type of league you have. So, a thousand percent. And uh, so, I just, I'm sure people have been hearing that a lot on podcasts. Uh, but just know, like, this is like my my Otani pitcher only rank. Same. Um, because, and it's a weekly league rank. So, it's because in a daily moves league where he can play pitcher and hitter, like, he is a second or third round pick. Correct. No, you're you're a hundred percent on. That's why we have them at forty three and forty four respectively. Yeah. Uh, so it's just be careful and make sure you get explanations from people, whether it be us or someone at FanGraphs or or at another site, before you take an Otani rank, you know, to heart. Hard, exactly. So I, I think that's a great call sure. out. No, that's a great great call out there. Um, 
I did. This isn't. Let's go deep again. We've been focusing a lot on some of the higher end. Uh, let's go deep on one. I briefly mentioned this guy earlier when we were talking about getting burned on uh, players coming over from Asia. You got Kikuchi uh, up at 101. I didn't rank him. He's 137, so he's just kind of off my list. Uh, obviously, at 101, you're not saying, hey, go get this guy everywhere. He's going to be a monster. But I think you're expecting something of an improvement here to where he could find some usefulness. I want to believe. Have you seen anything that that you're that you're that you're putting your your uh, your hope in, as far as Kikuchi becoming something maybe like teammate Marco Gonzalez to where not a lot of strikeouts, but you're going to get some usefulness elsewhere, or did you just have him at 101 because he can't be that bad again? What 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 do you think on Kikuchi? I saw somewhere, and I'm going to have to find it and retweet it. So uh, I, I will try to find it that he's been working. Uh, to kind of refine what he lost coming over, apparently, yeah. like he left his he left his talent in customs or something. <laughs> uh, but I it takes saw, a while to get stuff, man. You know, you, you can get it stuck over there in customs. It could be there for a year. I saw the, there was some video that uh, was tweeted out uh, or put on YouTube of him throwing his curve and his uh, his splitter, and I was very very intrigued by he, he got the movement back that we had kind of been expecting on that curveball and that just never really showed up when okay. he got uh when he came back and so this is a don't forget about me type ranking i, I like it i so, can get behind it and I, I struggled with where to put him in the end i kind of left him off and um put him i make some notes on my on my sheet here and i have a little uh check up on him in spring note as far as kikuchi really, goes because if things rotation. are turning the whole rotation in Seattle is is something to watch uh, outside of Kendall Graverman. Um, so, You're right. Uh, Justice Sheffield, large prospect pedigree. I don't know that he'll ever turn into the elite starter that some people pegged him for. Uh, however, part I of think, that was New York influence. I, I sure. think I think that some of that was the New York prospects get an extra boost. But I do think he could turn into a serviceable number three starter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, number four to five guy in fantasy. Uh, and so, and Justin Dunn, I think is got, has some real potential. Uh, and he, uh, you know, since coming over the Mets, he's already made his, uh, major league debut last year. So I think there's a real shot that he should be in the rotation. He literally just missed my list. Justin Dunn was 128. I ranked 125. You had him at 102. I, if I, if I put him at 102, he'd be in my prospect grouping there, and I maybe should go back and do that because I, I do want to keep a close eye on Justin Dunn. So that's a good call out right so, there. Yeah, he's a guy with, who has you know an above-average-to-plus slider, an above-average fastball, like no like elite pitch, but a bunch of very good ones and decent enough command that he should be able to uh, uh, you know have the potential to be a number two starter in this league. It may not be this year. Sure. Uh, but I mean, he threw 140 innings uh, between double a and the majors last year. Uh, he should start the year in the rotation uh, or be up fairly quickly if they, they go to play service time games. Uh, and I think he could surprise. I like it. I like that call out for sure. And like I said, I, I think I will consider putting him in that prospect grouping there. But um, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up. We've gone. Uh, we, we gave him a mega pot here, as we always do when yeah, we're yeah. talking pitching rankings. Had to do it. 
Um, I think Nick and I will be talking pitching rankings uh, soon here. If it's not tomorrow, then it'll be early next week where he wants to kind of dig in on my rankings as well. So great talk. Uh, Both rankings are up on the site right now. You can go uh, compare and contrast, get in the comments, ask us questions about them. Uh, I know I'm always in the comments. Do do you respond to comments or do you do tweets only? Uh, I mostly do tweets only because my – Articles go up like really early in the morning, and I'm typically going to bed when. And uh, I, yeah, I don't want to respond to sixty comments. That's usually that your night. last, your last act of of the of your quote unquote night, and yeah. then you then you catch some sleep. So okay, so, that's fair. But you can always hit me up on Twitter uh, or on Facebook, um, and, and ask me. And if if you say something truly outlandish or I've made a mistake, then sometimes I'll jump back into the comments. There you go. All right. Well, great talk, and uh, you and I'll be back next week. Are we switching days next week? Uh, let me. Let, <laughs> I will let you know. Sounds good. Sounds good. I will. Uh, I'll be available. You just let me know what we're doing. But uh, hey, we're back to at least two times a week, if not three, on some of these weeks. Very excited for the baseball season. It's uh, it's on the horizon. At least spring training is. So, Justin, have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. 